0: Pros and the no start with Lowe's, because Lowe's has the fixtures and the savings to get the job done right. Working on a big bath project? Now you can get up to 35% off select bath faucets, and you can even save up to 20% on select toilets. Plus, order what you need online and pick it up in-store. See Lowe'sforpros.com for details. So, pro, now that you know, start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 3-1, while supplies last. Selection varies by location. U.S. only.
1: Go live, we just do a lot of recording. Uh, But today, I wanted to do it a little differently, and instead of um, doing the recording and just putting it out on the podcast, I wanted to give you guys an opportunity to uh, interface with the, uh, with the guests today and uh, just get an opportunity also just to maybe leave a comment or two uh, based on the topic or topics that we will discuss. And uh, as you guys know, the barbershop group is a men's advocacy group. We focus on mental health and well-being. And uh, we are not, <clears throat> excuse me, we are not one of, the, one of the groups that are probably a men's rights group and, and things like that. That's not what we are into. Uh, We're just about overall health, and uh, we know that a lot of this has to do with our minds and with our spirits. We also address issues of the body, okay? That's very, very, uh, very key. And today, guys, I have as a guest on the show Cliff Roy Jr. of Cliff TV Live, and if you have not seen uh, some of his uh, production Uh, early in the mornings. You need to check him out. Go ahead and follow him now. You can follow him on Instagram and you can follow him on Facebook. I really enjoy, um, you know, his, uh, his feedback and his energy. Uh, It's very, very good energy. So uh, Cliff, man, it's good to be able to interface with you, network with you and get you on today. Thanks for joining me. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, um, a lot of times, man, I'll, I'll talk about uh, some some experiences that I've had, either in the, the recent past or, or long ago, that impact the work that I do today. Uh, that impacts uh, maybe some of the um, maybe some of the things that we want to get into uh, later on down the road. But yeah, I was I was talking to a buddy of mine recently and uh i was telling him uh, as a father i was having to confront something very difficult and that's that uh you know one of my teen sons one of my teenage sons uh has developed uh, a bit of an issue with pornography. and in my book and and on the podcast and when i'm speaking uh you know in other places about mental health i talk about this a little bit um and I talk about my struggle with pornography and, uh, and you know, talk to other men and women generally about it. But uh, yeah, we, I'm to a point where now I've got to talk to my son about this. And, right. um, you know, on, on the one hand, it's a little bit disturbing, discomforting, right? But on the other hand, it's like, hey, you know what? I've been there, done that. So let's talk about it, right? Um, right, right. But, but when i was sharing this with my colleague funny thing happened cliff you know what he said to me he said <laughs> he's oh man you know what Charles? we dealing with the same stuff right now <laughs> okay right he was like yeah <laughs> me and my wife man we addressing this with our oldest son man and then he also said and you know based on what we talked about in the past you know, it was something that I struggled with for a minute, man. So I'm like, oh, here we go, right. right. And I find that that's <laughs> the thing over and over and over again, Cliff, that, you know what? We're not experiencing it by ourselves. But – right. Uh, Outside, outside, you know the 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 uh, the perception is that you know what ain't nobody else dealing with this, or I'm not going to admit that I'm right. dealing with this. And so I was shocked that the very first thing that came out of his mouth was, "Hey man, you know what? We trying to get our son to address this issue now too. And these are young. Right, right. These are not. These are not older teens. These are younger teams. Okay. And I don't know about you, but I know for me, I have a lot of these experiences with guys where you can feel like you're the only person dealing with this, right? And all of a sudden, somebody says, no, no, uh, I'm dealing (laughs) with it too. Right, right, right. So so today, man, we want to talk about reaching the invisible man, right? You know, getting him to wake up when you can't find him. Because with the work that you do, Cliff, you know, we talked about this before. You don't have a lot of people uh, uh, leaving comments and things like that out front. But later on, after you made a video, (laughs) now you got all of these guys who are like, hey, man, man, come here, let me talk to you for a minute. Right, right. So Cliff, they're in the inbox and everywhere, right? In the inbox and everywhere, man. So how do you how do you get to the guys who are invisible, man? What do you do,
2: man? It's a it's a challenge because there's a stigma that exists um about that we shouldn't go through certain things or or we have this shame because we went through something. Yeah, and um, oftentimes you you find that men per se don't like to admit that we were fragile at some point. Or that we right. have not done something successful at some time. And even yeah. if we overcome it, we like to pretend and make ourselves believe that, you know, since I got past it, it'll never happen again. Right. That's it. It's over. Yeah, yeah. It's done. It's defeated. Right. And, and, and it's nothing further from the truth. The fact is, you should be more aware that it can happen around you. Right. But for some reason, right. we like to take it and say, you know what, I'm done with it, so let me hide it. Nobody needs to know about it. You know, it's good. As long as I don't expose it, it's dead. And
1: the right. reality is it, it
2: comes as a wave of multiple attacks. It's not right. just one
1: person. Yeah,
2: It couldn't exist if it was only one person. Right. So, you know, getting guys to to open up is exactly what you said. The first thing is I like I'm, I'm as transparent as they come. I would tell you, like, look, hey, I've been there and I would give details and people sit down with their mouth open. Like, I can't believe you're sharing that. <laughs> And my, my mind is like, I can't believe you're not willing to share it. We can't stop right. it. We're going to talk about it. You know, so like, yeah, I right, remember. Right. So uh, I don't know how, I don't know how deep you want to get, but I remember my hey, first hey. experience with pornography. Yeah. Look, I, it started off in the house. I remember, you know, mm. as, as a kid, as a teenage kid, I remember, you know, when your parents are not there, you're old enough to be home by yourself and you start becoming this little door of the explorer of the household. You start digging in things. You were forbidden to go in your parents' rooms and you start right. digging. It's just what kids do. And I'll never yep. forget stumbling upon my dad's porn stash. You know, mm. So the first thing is, and he hadn't gotten past it, it was acceptable for him. Right. So here I am, and this is back in the days of magazines. So it wasn't like you had the internet. So it's yeah. the porn stash, and it's like my, my eyes were like, Whoa! What's this? Is a book yep. with a bunch of yep. naked women and a few stories around it, and right. it sparked a curiosity. And because my dad didn't have the conversation with me about this, hey, you know what? Whatever you see, you do. So through mm-hmm. exploration, you know, you begin to start experimenting with pornography, and just like anything that's wrong, the initial onset is some gratification comes out of it. Right. So now it's this, 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 this pleasurable feeling. It's like, wow, I can really satisfy myself, and right. you feel like you're not going to get in trouble. 'Cause on the outside you're not yeah. hurting anybody, right? That's right. So you don't feel you feel like it's harmless. Like it's no big deal. But it just mm. it, it's a snowball effect. It just continues to embed itself into your, your thought process and at some point it becomes shameful. Right. And then you try to hide it and it's got a hold of you and now the years down the line, you finally get past it, hopefully. Right. And then you think right. that it won't ever happen to your kid. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. so now this thing is back in your house and you didn't even know it because right. you pretended it was gone. Because you pretended and it was now gone. one day it just pops up, Hey, you thought I was gone? I'm back man hey so man. now you gotta go and teach your kids how to fight past it and this is the point where I think parents really get a chance to open up with their kids like you got to be real with your child if you're gonna help them right you gotta say yeah dad uh he did that and uh this is what I was thinking and you got you got you know i believe you got to take things head on yeah
1: you can't
2: just beat around the bush with something that that can embed itself in their life as a teenager and carry it all the way into their adulthood right. and into their marriages that's right without uh having talked about it yeah, but just talking about it and stop
1: pretending that it's not there is the first step in getting past this whole thing. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's it's funny that you you talked about it being in in the house, right, man. So so I um. I, you know, I had a whole lot of different experiences as a as a kid, man, and as a as a teenager, right? I remember, uh, I remember a uh, a girl at my high school liking me. She she was white, man. And, uh, and I had no issue with it, right? But I remember being at practice she thought i was going to be at the house and she and her friend decided to come over uh to the house and just say hey what's happening right well i wasn't there my mom and dad's at home man and so i get home about five or six o'clock in the evening and my mom meets me at the door and she's like hey don't go to the back of the house and i'm like what are you talking about she's like uh do you know a girl named so and so and i'm like yeah why she's like well she came by here and your dad chased her out the neighborhood (laughs) Okay, right? And I'm like, are you serious? He's like, your dad got, got got up out the chair, went to the door, saw who it was, ran the girl back into the car and walked them out the neighborhood, okay? And I was like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed by this, okay? Now, I had a a, um, a black girlfriend at the time. It wasn't, we weren't going, going anywhere, right? But it was just, man, that, wow, how could you embarrass me like that, right? Well, funny thing is, Cliff, I want to say, man, a few months later, my mom is really short. Okay. And it was some stuff up high in the cabinet. She couldn't reach it. And uh, she called me and she said, Hey, can you get this down out the, out the kitchen cabinet? So I got up there, man. I reached up and and grabbed the spice or whatever it was. But in the process of grabbing the spices down, some of those old porn magazines came down. Okay. (laughs) And and when I, when the porn magazines dropped, Cliff, I looked at them and my mom was like, boy go into your room just go into your room just here give me that go to your room right but I, I right, took a right. good look at him and I was like hold up it's not a black woman anywhere in this book
0: <laughs> right
1: <laughs> so I'm like <laughs> right. how you gonna play me like this bro <laughs>
2: <laughs> right, right,
1: you bugging out right now, man. Wait a minute, okay. You know, your wife black, but you got these white porn magazines here, and then you chase a white girl like the late na- out the neighborhood waiting. It's porn, like, what kind of messages am I getting right now? So, um, the other thing that that I want to highlight in this clip, um, we're talking about the invisible man. I can tell you, black man the black man, and talking about pornography, man. I hear so many black men say, "Oh no, nah, bro, that ain't a problem that we had." Okay, yeah, right. <laughs> Yo, I mean, do cats come to you and say that type of stuff, man? They say, "Oh no, nah, this is something that white this something that white dudes deal
2: with. Black guys don't deal with this." It's, yeah, it, look, that 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 area of life does not discriminate. It doesn't <laughs> care about your ethnicity. <laughs> doesn't care about your age
1: right it's right. It's,
2: it's based upon in, in inquisitiveness and in substitution yeah you know it, it's, it's it's substituted like the story you're telling you're right a lot of times in, the, in in the African-american household when you found the porn stash it wasn't like a bunch of black women it was the very <laughs> thing he was talking about like hold on you're fantasizing right so but in your your strong demeanor towards staying away from them is because you're hiding the, like you said, the invisible man. Right. It's, it's in the house. Right. And I always think that the, the porn stash is symbolic of the mind or the mental state of the, the parent mm. is that it's in the house, but nobody wants to wants to see it. Right. Nobody, we want to pretend it's right. there. It's in there. It's hidden somewhere where you don't think people going to find it. But once again, we always find it in the obvious place. Right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So that <laughs>
1: that really that that kind of man had me twisted up for a bit. And I was like, whoa, Jack. <laughs> right. But yeah. So you know, man, I, I'm like you. You you're passionate about helping guys, you know, um, a, as I am. And like I said, I, I I watch the videos, man. But you're you're passionate about helping men, and yet it seems like there are more women who are paying attention to what we're talking about than men like what's really going on we're just not you know unfortunately we're not taught to
2: speak openly about what we're dealing with it's this, it's ma- this is this masculine thing that that we're taught to do is like we don't deal with the issues we we leave that stuff at home and we got work to do and a lot of times the women on the back side of receiving the damage that's done through these topics that we talk about right. so the women right. they they're fully i always i believe women are geniuses <laughs> Women are always aware, whether it's through information or intuition, of what's going on. Okay. And they've learned through history, sometimes I'm not going to say nothing because if I mess with his pride or his ego, he's going to lash out, he's going to be mad. So right. the women know what's happening, but they say nothing. So whenever I do videos and I bring out the real on the topic and they see a man saying that, those women are like... Yeah, that's what I've been <laughs> wanting to tell him. And I guess some women say, I showed my husband your video. Yeah. And they, they tell me they share it. And the husband sometimes hit me on the inbox, man. Hey, that was cool, man. Don't stop doing what you're doing. They yeah. don't want to be frontline about it. But it takes the women to usher in the information half of the time. But the reality is the men know it's true, but we just don't know how to just deal with it. So it's right. easier for the, it's kind of like I call the wise or the wiser women the mama birds. They'll get the information and chew it up in their mouths and they'll feed it to their husbands or their boyfriends or their fiancés, who yep. really, really needs the information.
1: So, yeah. And I, I agree with you too, man. I, I think, I think that a lot of women, they are the, you know, they receive the, the, uh, the negative um, uh, end result because they are involved uh, with, you know, with us. And I think that a lot of times, guys will take it the wrong way when a woman comes and says, Hey, I saw this video or can you watch this video? or this guy was talking about this You know, I think that they will tend mm. to start to think that the woman is trying to manipulate them or or something like that. I mean right. we could talk about that stuff at a later time, but You know, a a lot of times it's just that women are more open with their conversations than than guys tend to be, right? I don't think it's really about harming uh, uh, a man. I I think it's really about, well, you know, here's somebody else who's had a similar experience. And maybe if you talk to them, um, you know, uh, maybe you'll come to some conclusion or maybe you'll get help or something like that, right? And I don't know if this happens with you, Cliff, but you know, at a certain point, at a certain point in my time uh, working in mental health, I I was out, I was in all these Facebook groups and this group and that group and blogging and everything. And I was providing a lot of information to women. And eventually it got to the point where, you know, uh, to be honest, Cliff, maybe my boundaries, my boundaries weren't the greatest uh, with all of the women. And I got to the point where I just developed an interest in wanting to help men. Okay. Uh, But And so I did that and I continue to do that. And, you know, my focus is not uh, uh, women and, and some of, you know, their issues or whatever, but it's a funny thing. I still get the occasional email inbox, a phone call or whatever from a woman who is like, hey, my husband or somebody that I know or a brother or whoever, they're going through this and they aren't talking about it. Or what they're doing is they're using a generalized way of talking about. An issue instead right. of saying it's something that I'm dealing with and I need help. Okay. Does that does that happen to you? You know, you have people yeah. get in yeah. touch with you and say, hey, can you talk to so and so about this?
2: Man, I, I get that, and that's always the most awkward position to be put in because you're asking me to, to touch an intimate side of someone that doesn't have the trust with me yet. And and that's where I, what I find my time is having a backup. Matter of fact, it's funny you said it just last week I had someone um tell me they were dealing with something with somebody, yeah. and it'd be nice if I could reach. Out to him, I says, "Well, I don't have that level of trust with them. But what I learned is, I say I will coach you on the next step of what you need to do on your part, right? Um, in right. order to facilitate a conversation with that person, because I can't just come in there because they get excited because they feel like you have some of the solutions or the information they need, but yeah." Without that relationship component, there's nothing I can really do about it. But I get that on a regular basis. Hey, can you help me? Can you talk to so-and-so? It's not an email. You can't just forward me <laughs> to the next person. <laughs> right. And they get the message. <laughs> doesn't work that way.
1: <laughs> right. And, and then, Cliff, the other thing, too, man, with some of the guys, some of the guys don't even want a relationship with you like that, you know? Right. They don't even want to develop that type of trust, whether, as, right. whether it's like a, you know, they got something against you or they just, you know, they're... they're they're scared scared it's shame involved or whatever right. the case is they just like hey man i'm not wanting to deal with this cat you see right and and so that's a that's a big deal is how do you how do you talk to somebody when that relationship doesn't exist and i mean th- you you may know that they're going through something really bad but because that relationship doesn't exist it's really like they're invisible they're still invisible okay yeah um and, and that's why i was saying how do you wake up an invisible person you see um, There's so many Especially there's so many women Who are like they want to see men be better They want to see men be better for themselves You know for for Their own sake but they also want to see men Be better so that they can have Better more trusting more loving Relationships but the thing is It's like well you know if he Doesn't ever show up You know he he effectively makes Himself invisible you can't wake Him up you see because you can't find Him and I think that that's that's a really thorny part of the activism that I think a lot of people are involved in. Today and I think that's what's so tiring about. It. You know, uh, where do you where do you start? Um, you have to try to use a language that's conducive to the guy's understanding. You have to figure right. out, you know, how to broach this topic, how to approach this topic uh, uh, without causing him to run away. And Cliff, you know it. If it's something that a guy don't want to talk about, man, yeah. he's gonna tell you real quick. Hey, I got somewhere to go. Or, you know, change right. the subject, or it's just like, hey, man, I'm out. I ain't with this. Right now, you see. Right. So it's it's very very tricky. So I I guess you know when you're dealing with men, what are some of the techniques that you use to try to get men to show up just to have that initial conversation?
2: So what I did probably I started doing it last last August, Mm. and first of all, most what you just said is spot on. They're they're hiding. They won't open up. Um so last August, what I started I started um exploring because I work in a, a mental health facility where there's mostly men, mm-hmm. um, I get opportunity to see all of this on a regular basis. Right. So I started adding storytelling okay. to my uh my approach. And in the storytelling, what it did is kinda let it put the guards down. And I use a lot of animal stories whenever I'm talking. Yeah. You know, so that that kind of like, okay, this doesn't seem like it's hard. She's talking about freaking giraffes and donkeys and stuff. <laughs> so so they put their guards down for a second. Yeah. And I, and I tell the story and round it out with a lesson at the end and then watch their faces open up like, wow. Right, right. And when I get that aha moment, it allows me to then penetrate by telling part of my stories and say, maybe this is not you. Mm-hmm. This is me. Yeah. And as I continue to layer it, they start to open up. And at the end, somebody says, yeah, man. Man, I was dealing with that, man. That's exactly what I was feeling. These are guys who would never say this. Right. But you can't come directly and just hit them saying, you're dealing with this. You need to get past it. Yeah. You can't do that. So I bring in a story, man. I start to be in a, going back to storytelling. Because mm-hmm. now it's just like, okay, I'm listening to this cat. Oh, that's an interesting story. Ha, ha, ha. That part was funny. Right. So whenever they start engaging, okay, now I got you where I need you to get the message across. Right. Because every story has a message with it. Mm-hmm. The unlike like Proverbs or uh, Aesop's fables, it, it's got a message in it. You just got to let me finish telling it. Right. And then when I get to that part, that's when they become very open. I'm, I was amazed at the response of some of the hardest guys. I mean, some of these guys I have, some of them, they are 18, 19. Some of them are 40, 50. Some of them have done 15 years in prison. Yeah. so they come in there with their guards up i don't trust nobody right when i get that guy who's been in prison laughing and and crying and, and, and that's when i know we got something
1: yeah i think i was telling a story uh to, uh getting an opportunity to sit with what society labels as hardened and cribbing, okay um these individuals were were some of them were lifers they went in there for um you know, for multiple murders and and, uh, armed robberies and all of this kind of stuff. And I found that what tends to happen with us guys is we don't, we don't really uh, reach a point where we're ready to be completely transparent and authentic until we no longer have anything else to lose. And right. I found that, you know, like really, that population was at a point where everybody in the room was like, "Hey, man, you know what? I got nothing else, so let's just go there and have those in-depth conversations, have those in-depth relationships before somebody gets to rock bottom. You see, uh, but right? Again, if they are making themselves invisible, it's just no way to do it. It's just no way to do it. Um, I think right. that, that what you're doing is great. You, you always have to have those conversations. and It made me think about uh, a book that I read years ago, man, uh, called Metanoia. Uh, Metanoia was just like a, a Greek uh, term for change, you know, a process of change and whatever. And in that book, the, uh, the author uses a lot of stories and a lot of stories that deal with animals and things like that. And he relates it back to to uh, to human beings, so right. I think that that's a great way to uh, to reach the men who you know who are listening. The men who who may say, oh, "Okay, that light bulb came on. Do something about that." Um, I wanted to ask you too, like for those men that you talk to, you know, have you ever had somebody come back to you later on and say, "Hey, Cliff, you know what? I really appreciated this uh, based on what you said or something that that you wrote." It made me think about it a little bit, and I decided to go get help. Have you had men respond to you that way? Yeah, yeah, I, I have, and that's
2: probably that's probably the most touching moments that I have. You know, spend time with a guy, and 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 finally, he gets the. Uh, the revelation, you know, because yeah. I believe guys don't. They, we don't like being directed. We like discovering. So when right. they, when this person right. gets to the point of discovering within themselves, and I get them to come to me and say, "Hey, I was listening. I might have had my head down. I might have seemed like I wasn't, but I caught what you said, and that really helped me." And, and they, yeah. they, they 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 shake your hand and they hug you. <laughs> And, and it's like it's like that's the that's what i live for i live for that moment like this guy yeah. who was so hard seemed like he wasn't getting it says i got something from you really helped me that's that's the that that's mm-hmm. the ultimate payment right there for everything that i've done um i and i do yeah. i get that i didn't always get it because i didn't always know how to deliver the information but over time yeah. seeing how to use the wisdom to get through to the mind the the the, the man's mind so that he'll become mm-hmm. more receptive and expressive because he can receive it but not express it but when he can receptive right. says that really helped um that's man that's 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 the that's the that's the icing on the cake right there knowing right. that somebody so got it because in my mind he can help somebody else now
1: right that's true that's true so cliff how did you how did you start man what I mean, what made you so passionate about helping guys like this
2: um is I, I believe this i believe that that women are very strong um sometimes they become too strong because of the lack of support from the male's leadership and and i see women reproducing weak males because they don't have a strong male in their life and i was yeah. like well We can keep fighting the symptoms of the problem and complaining about the weak males or we can go and start getting to the ones that are in existence and strengthen them. Yeah. Because I feel if I'm going to reach the world, I can't do it by myself. Right. So like I was inspired one day, maybe I can inspire somebody else and we can have a force of people to go out. So Mm -hmm. I saw there was enough people that were actually engaging the women. There's plenty of of speakers, preachers, platforms. Out there to support women because women have been oppressed and hardened for a long time. There's plenty of them. But there's very limited people. And look, I'm not knocking some of the greats out there. I think they do an awesome job. But you know, like a TD Jakes, he appeals to the women, he's very strong. That's right. Steve Harvey, he appeals to the women, he's very strong. Yep. And because you know what? Sometimes the men are just so hard, it's easy to just get to the women. And I understand that. Right. So I said, Well, they got it on lock, and their information is relevant and good. But what about one of us that says, you know what? I'm gonna dig into the men. And I'm going to ride this out. I say, right. I hear the woman, I hear you, but where's your husband? Where's your boyfriend? Where's your fiance at? That's right. who I want right. to talk to. Yeah, Get me to him because yeah. if I can strengthen him, he's going to lighten your load. That's right. And then you're really going to become a fan of change. Right. So that's yeah. what, that, that for me, that's what it is. And I know it's a long, hard road to doing this. Mm. And it seems impossible for most people, but... You know what? If that one-star fish can survive by me throwing in the ocean amongst a thousand, then guess what? I'm going to take that one-star fish and I'm going to get it. Yeah. And yeah. then live for the moment when it says, man, I raised my sons with these new principles and life is better. Right. So that, yeah. that's what I'm all about. I'm about male leadership, not, not not you know, you know, I'm, I'm male dominance, but I'm about male leadership. Real, yeah. You know, that yeah. should be a balance, but I, I thought that was a huge imbalance when the women – are in charge of everything and they can't be as gentle and as nurturing as they want to be because they have to do the men's job. So yeah, we need to get the yeah. men on their job so that the women yeah, can lighten yeah. up a little
1: bit. Absolutely. And it's funny, you know, several, several months ago, several months ago, I said something about uh, TD Jakes and um, I like some of his work. Uh, and then some of the other guys, I like some of the work, right. Uh, some of the messages, right. But what I noticed, and men will talk to me about this privately, those who Grew up with a belief in God Who retain a belief in God Or a Godhead Or some supreme being Right They say They say man I I feel like God don't care about me Everybody's talking to the women And you can go in these churches And other places and, And even in Even in psychotherapy Cliff, and you see it. It's predominantly women today. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, everybody's got something set up for women, but who's talking to the men? All right, right. and uh, and I I have that same that same experience. Now, the other thing that you mentioned was you were talking about this imbalance in a heteronormative relationship, in a heterosexual relationship. You know, with where women have had to take on uh, so much as a result of men who were not present okay or who were not affected okay and um i think that there's a there's a lot to be said because you know it's some <clears throat> excuse me in some communities where we're talking about feminist thought it's not that feminist thought in and of itself is bad it's that in different cultures and communities uh i think that we probably need various versions of definitions of it because like all right one group of women they have been really truly oppressed and knocked down and the other group of women have been oppressed because they've just not a, had a chance to live fully you know right because the other the other group of people were just gone <laughs> you see right so, right there, there are those things man that that we could talk about but i i think it's really it's really important that uh, you continue doing the work that you're doing. And, and it's something that we try to do with the barbershop group as well. And having these, you know, the conferences and doing the podcasts and the videos and putting stuff out on the website is just letting guys know that uh, right. help out there. And there's a different way to explore uh, being a man. There's a different way to explore being a man and there, you know, and, and you don't have to be ashamed of, having struggled in life okay right Um, right yeah, man. So that's that's a, a good thing. But, you know, one of the things Sue, that I was that I was thinking about um, um, when you were when you were talking, Cliff, is, is this, you know, and I know that guys respond well when you're able to share. OK. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, at some point, man, what what happened to you? Where where did you just like really, really grow the balls to start sharing your life with other people? What happened? <laughs>
2: Oh man You know um, I grew up as a passive aggressive kid, mm. you know, I was always, always short in stature, the statute, a small kid. And, 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 and I realized at one point in my life that you will always be passed upon unless you're willing to speak your truth. Yeah. And I decided to take a chance one day. That's what it was all about. I, I kept getting the same results and I was not expanding my territory as far as men- mentally. Yeah. And I recognized that I always had a thing about me wanting to reach people. Okay. So I said, what can I do different that I'm not hearing? You know, <clears throat> I sit in church. I sit down and talk to parents talk to family and nobody's like transparent. Nobody's real. So we always hit this wall. We right. have so much relationship because you know what, because you're always talking on the surface. Right. That's so right. one day I just said, you know what, the best things ever discovered is when somebody dug deep in the ground or in the ocean, whatever. So yeah. I'm just going to get out there and just tell it, And I'm going to sit back and watch how people respond. Okay. And I did it. And it generated a level of respect from people doing that. Mm -hmm. I said, wow, people want to talk. Yes. So I just say, you know what? What if I have to lose? Do I take all of this to my grave? Or do I just talk about it and just deal with things the way they are? That's right. And you know what? I said, you know what? I'm going to turn my pain into purpose. Okay. And I just started saying, I'm going to start speaking it. Yeah. And I don't care what the reaction is. (laughs) You're going to know that you ain't the only one. You're going to be like, wow. Right. Did he just say that? Right. He didn't cuss, but he told the truth. Yeah. And it's got the same reaction. That's right. So by doing that, I recognized that the audiences became silent. Mm. And as a teacher, I love silence because that means that you're, that you're listening. I don't need the yeah. claps right. and the amens and the come on, man. That's right. I like when you're quiet because you're processing. Right. That's why I like that's when right. you're doing that. So yeah. I start seeing people processing. And then at the end somebody has a question. I'm just watching the body language. I really just got an infatuation with it. I said, wow, this can help people, man. Yeah, yeah. I said, "This the transparency is the anesthesia for people. That's right. It numbs them, and it forces them to accept what's happening, and then that rest of it's on them. Yeah. So yeah. I, like I said, I just took a chance. I just took a chance with it one day. I wanted to brand myself differently by just saying, I'm going to be the most transparent person you've ever met say, so that dude just keeps it real, whether it's a man or a woman, whether it's a kid or an adult. Yeah. And, and and I saw the reaction
1: of people and it let me to know the reaction only let me know I was heading in the right direction. Right. I hear you. I hear you. That's good stuff, man. We appreciate that. That's and it, it's it's funny, you know, you talk about that silence. Uh it, it can scare people when somebody when somebody jumps in a room and they're really, really trying to be open and honest, man. People look around and go, wait, Wait a minute. What's happening here? Right. But then as they get past the shock, the shock of it all, they're like, wait a minute. You know what? That's me, too. You know, I'm that person, too. Um, And so, uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's very interesting. So, Cliff, man, I want to talk to you lastly. We're running out of time now, but I want to talk to you just a little bit uh about this book okay Mm -hmm. um and you know you got it up in the background so get back up so you know i uh i had the opportunity to kind of like peek at some of it when you were editing it okay and it's it's very uh it's very interesting man so so tell us a little bit about the book and and i also I, i need to know when when it's dropping man so you know get back up what inspired it
2: um the get the get back up book was um First and foremost, inspired by two primary things. One of them is, I've been knocked down more times than I can count in life. Sometimes <laughs> it was other people knocking me down, and sometimes I just made a mistake and tripped. Yeah. And and I recognize that sometimes people get knocked down so much that they lose the drive to just want to do anything in life. You know, mm-hmm. they don't want to have a good relationships, don't want to have a good career, just don't want to do yeah. anything. Right. And and. There's a story in in the Bible that I love, I'm infatuated with, and it's about the man in the pool of Bethesda, and it's in the book, and they call him a certain man. And this guy has been down for 38 years. Yeah, 38 years of failed attempts to try to get healed on the one opportunity that's almost like a lottery. The first one in gets healed. (laughs) And This guy encounters another gentleman who doesn't give him some trumped up way of doing it, doesn't do something magical, mystical. He just gives him... Some the motivation to do what's already in him because the Bible describes this guy as an impotent guy. Impotent right. meaning that you have the ability but not the strength. Right, not the strength. Sometimes yeah. we just need to be encouraged that we can do something. Mm-hmm. So he tells them, rise, pick up your bed and walk. Those are three simple commands. And I was looking at that like, wow, I want to be able to tell somebody to rise, pick up their bed and walk too. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to. I'm not worried about the journey. I'm worried about just the first step of even getting up. Right. That's and right. sometimes you got to inspire people to let them know that you can get up. So I did it. So why can't you do it? Yeah. So I began to get passionate about writing a book, which is the first step towards your destiny. I wanted people to know that I don't care what situation you've been in. I don't care what predicament you found yourself in. Mm-hmm. I need you to just get up first. Don't worry about the, the how long the trip right. is and how far you got to go. Just right. get up because if you can't get off the ground, then we can't even talk about the rest of your purpose. That's right. So that's the reason I wrote the book because a lot of books talk about Journeys and the purpose and all of that. Yep. Well, let's just talk about the first step. Man, the
1: first step, yeah. So that's why up.
2: I wrote the book because mm-hmm. I wanted to get down to the first step of becoming successful yeah. and helping people explore those things within
1: them that's been keeping them down for a long time. I hear you, man. That's 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 good stuff. That's that's very good. And when when uh, when is the published date right now, Cliff? For the uh for the book. The the
2: publish date. I'm i planning to release the physical copies in October. Okay. Um, I'm doing pre sales right now. Getting all that stuff worked out. I got a couple of people. That are doing my reviews i got dr jesse broussard from uh ul going to help me do some reviews and i'm going to have a uh, dr thomas durant from lsu he was a professor for 36 years the first african-american professor at, um uh, in sociology and he's going to do some reviews on my book as well too um so once they get them to push the publishing but the, the theme that we're going is get back up in the fall so it's a fall release and it's just kind of a play on words and i want people to go into that season they're alive when everything seems to be dying I want them to find some inspiration to
1: get up and continue going all the way through the end of the stretch for the year. Cool. Well, that's what's up, man. So we'll look forward to that. Guys, you all have been listening to Cliff Roy Jr. of Cliff Live TV uh, talking with us here at the Barbershop Group today. We were glad to have him be a guest on the show. It's been a long time coming. Hopefully he will not go too long before he's on the show again, especially as we um, we start to... uh, (laughs) Once we roll out the uh, the uh, the talk show, we definitely want to have you back on as a guest. Thing. And guys, you can follow him on Facebook at Cliff TV Live. You can also follow him on Instagram at Cliff TV Live. And 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 if I were you, I wouldn't just follow him; I would sign up for the notifications. Okay, so that as you're yeah. heading out to work in the morning, you can get that little five or ten minute video, man. Which is it's, it's part psychology and part self help and part humor. And I think that that's something that we <laughs> right. always use as we head out to start our day. So, again, that's Cliff TV Live, guys. Check Cliff out, okay? Share this with your friends and family. It's just a conversation between two guys who are trying to be better in life, okay? If you all appreciated what you heard today, you can follow The Barbershop on Facebook. We are also on Instagram as well as Twitter, okay? And if you would like to go a step further, you can go over to Patreon, www.patreon.com backslash The Barbershop Group and add your contribution to us today if you'd like to as well. And uh, just let all of your friends and family you know know that uh, guys are out here trying to make a difference okay we're just a bunch of guys who had problems who are trying to help a bunch of guys with problems okay so clip i thank you very much for sharing your time and your info with us today it's a pleasure. okay and i hope that you uh you be well down there and uh enjoy uh, the rest of the weekend and we will talk to you soon appreciate
2: it y'all have a great day
0: The Barbershop Group provides safe spaces for men to discuss issues of well being and mental health. The Barbershop Group also serves as a resource to the community, providing consultations and public speakers through partnerships with attorneys, mental health professionals, family agencies, religious institutions, and other advocates. In the near future, The barbershop group seeks to renovate dilapidated residential and commercial properties in urban areas to create respite shelters for displaced men. We will also host mentorship retreats and workshops for young men and adults to foster growth through our Iron Sharpening Iron and our Rebuilding Men programs. In addition, we host a weekly podcast covering issues of mental health, homelessness, financial literacy education, and leadership. If you would like to be a guest on our show, please email us at info at barbershopgroup.org, visit our Facebook page, or call 313-585-9948 for more information.